Hello and welcome to the Corporate Storytime podcast series. My name is Lucas Robinson, the host of the podcast. On this pod, I'll get the opportunity to talk to ASX company leaders and innovators as they run through their personal executive journeys and the stories behind the companies they're helping to grow today. I'll be leveraging my experience as a former stockbroker and my current role with investor relations consultancy, Corporate Storytime. But enough of that. For now, let's gather around, come in close, and let me tell you a story. Thanks for joining us for this, the first edition of the Corporate Storytime podcast. And I'm joined today by my old university mate, Justin Tremaine. Justin is the managing director of West African-focused ASX-listed gold explorer, Taraco Gold. Welcome, Justin. Thanks, Lucas. Sorry for my raspy voice, mate. It's, uh, I haven't been on the whiskey and cigarettes, but I don't really have the John Laws sort of uh, radio quality going today, mate. So no, it's no, just no a problem, bit of a mate. bit of a winter cold. Bit, bit of a going around. Thanks, thanks, uh, mate, for for uh, volunteering to be the first interviewee in this series. We hope it's a, a long and fruitful one, and and we attract a large audience over time. So you've been a good sport to put your hand up for the for the first role. Be the guinea pig. Yeah. Now. Um, Taraka are actively exploring for gold in the West African country Cote d'Ivoire, which is one of several countries in West Africa which hosts the gold-rich Beremian Greenstone Geological Belt. What can you tell us about the Beremian as a geological setting and how, pro- how prolific is it in terms of deposits already discovered? Yeah, well, you know, my view, if you, I mean, what we're after is um, world-class gold discoveries is our ultimate aim uh, with Taraco, and, and in my view, and um, there's no better place to be looking for world-class gold deposits than in the Beremian. You know, I think there's um, there's already over 70 plus 1 million ounce discoveries wow. within the Beremian, I think there's like 30 or 40 of those are plus 3 million ounce um, gold deposits, and mm. then there's several, you know, 10 to 20 million ounce truly world class um, deposits. And 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 lots of lots of those deposits are in production. And yeah, a lot of those are in production. Um, obviously, Ghana and um, and then over the last sort of 15 years, you know, Burkina Faso is obviously seeing a lot of attention and had a lot of lot of success and a lot of mines developed there. And then Mali has got some you know truly world class deposits. So you know, we, we think it's I think it's the best place to be looking for for large uh, plus million ounce discoveries, and um, even though there's been that many discoveries, it's still you know very under underexplored relative to say you know um, Western Australia. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you know, a lot like a lot of the ground that we have within Taraco now, which is a big package. Um, you know, we're, we're drilling targets for the first time. You know, there hasn't been mm. one or two or three or half a dozen companies that have explored it before. We're the first to go and drill holes in, into, you know, very uh, prospective geology. So mm. that's what attracted us to it. There's no doubt it's the, probably the, the best geological setting in the world. Um, you know, very prospective rocks and no one else has, has tested a lot of this stuff. And everywhere where you... Um, where you do exploration, you, you generate targets. Like, there's no question about that, um, and it's quite quite low cost exploration as well. Um, you know, you're not not reliant on uh, looking for um, deposits that are undercover or pretty shallow. Depth. So everything you know we're looking for is will be sticking out of the ground. So yeah. as a result, it's pretty. Um, 
I'd say sort of basic but low cost exploration where you're really just undertaking geochemical sampling programs which mm. don't cost a lot and you can cover a lot of ground and and then generating anomalies and, and refining those anomalies and then yep. drilling it with shallow holes, right? So um, yeah, perspective and and um, and low cost exploration. Yeah. But it's a good thing that you can cover a lot of ground because you do have a lot of ground to cover. It's sort of around 8,350 square kilometres, making Taraco the largest landholder in Cote d'Ivoire, I understand. It's just, just about Cote d'Ivoire um, as a destination for a foreign mining company or an Australian mining company. We know, you know, Perseus, a lot of the audience would be familiar with um, Perseus as an ASX-listed company with substantial producing gold assets in, in the country. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about Cote d'Ivoire uh, as a country, as a, as a destination uh, for investment yeah well it's an interesting country and in fact it's you know the most developed country in west africa um so there's still a lot of french um french investment and a lot of french presence in in the country so french-speaking country yeah french-speaking country and how's your french uh, petit, petit français. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, could could do with some improvement there. Um, but uh, yeah, but then I went through really probably um, almost ten years of civil war up until 2010, 2011. And if you remember, that was actually a period where there was quite a quite um, a strong. Uh, exploration boom, if you like, in, in West Africa. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of money was raised and a lot of money went into West Africa. And majority of that money, I'd say, went into Burkina Faso, which at the time was a very stable jurisdiction and was seen as a sort of um, you know, more stable part of West Africa because Cote d'Ivoire um, had, had, had a civil war going on. Yeah. Um, you know, places like Mali have always had some issues up in the north. And, and so a lot of that money went into Burkina Faso and nothing really, or very small amount, went into to Cote d'Ivoire, even though it's got, you know, as probably got more of the Beremian mm. mapped in, in the country. And then, though, since, like Africa, you know, things can change. And since uh, 2012, it's actually become the most stable. It's been very stable for the last 10 years, mm. the most stable jurisdiction in West Africa. Mm. And because it's the most developed, it's got the best infrastructure, which goes back to the sort of French days. Um, so, you know, right now in the last really, you know, five, six years, uh, they put a new mining code in place. Um, and ever since then, it's really been seen as... Um, you know, the, the preferred jurisdiction to be to be uh, exploring for deposits, um, both from a you know, government um, political support and stability point of view, and and the the financial arrangement um, to develop a mine, uh, but then also because it hasn't it didn't get that uh, exploration focus um, that, that some of the neighbouring countries does you know it's also considered to be the most under underexplored and therefore prospective um, place in West right. Africa. And I know, I mean, this isn't your first radio in Cote d'Ivoire. Um, and can you just delve a little bit into your professional experience? And I'm not necessarily going all the way back to the university sort of graduation. <laughs> but um, uh, obviously, um, you know, you've got some experience in the country through your position in the previous um, uh, executive role that you had um, at Exor. Yep. Um, but maybe just tell us a little bit about you know, your professional experience and maybe a little bit about the board as well. Yeah, well, uh, personally, like I had a financing background, mining finance with groups like uh, Rothschild and Investec. And then in 2008, which is, um, no coincidence, that was the GFC time. So oh, yeah. A bit of a Wonderful. changing career. And then, Great time um, to be a broker. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that was sort of a, a bit of a career change for me. And then I got involved in, in exploration on the outside of the fence, if you like. And 
and got involved in um, a project uh, with quite a, a company that I'd sort of established with some others, other guys. We uh, got involved in a project in Cambodia, which was an interesting sort of seven-year journey for me. Mm. Made a discovery and completed feasibility on a really great project, which is now actually being developed as in production. It's mm. a 100,000 ounce per annum project. Um, but yeah, that was the first mining project in Cambodia. Mm. Um, so there was actually no... No, no mining infrastructure, no mining code or anything. So it was a very interesting and you know steep learning curve there, but, but very very interesting. And then um, you know after that, then the opportunity sort of came to get involved in West Africa, which I'd always um, had an interest in because you see the discoveries that you know yeah. companies are made there, and you know, it has a breathtaking, really world class discoveries. That's where obviously massive shareholder values created. And so um, got involved with a, which was a shell company. And we can um, see that with, with some of the companies that, that have really rewarded ASX shareholders, such as Perseus, yeah. um, West African, Papillon. Papillon, you yeah. know, it's a prime, you know, that's an unbelievable discovery. Yeah. Yeah, and as you said, you know, Perseus and, and West Africa Resources have done a fantastic job in Bikina. So, yeah, got involved with a shell and we put together a... a um, we acquired some ground, some exploration ground in northern Cote d'Ivoire, and that company became known as Exor Resources. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was um, quite refreshing, I guess, going into a, uh, a jurisdiction that had, you know, established mining code, had several mines yeah. developed already. So in comparison to Cambodia, yeah. it was pretty yeah, good I, infrastructure I and run, established. Yeah, talks about Africa, being Africa, but yeah. I found it like a bit of a, a dawdle. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, you had all the contractors and, and all the sort of legislation and yeah. you weren't the guinea pig and, you know, people had done it before, yet yet the ground that you you were exploring was, was basically untouched for exploration. Mm. And so we were lucky there. We had a discovery, which we called the Bagway Project within Exor, and then, um, you know, we were able to raise some money, so we were able to do a lot of drilling very quickly. I think we did sort of 100,000 metres of drilling approximately in about 18 months yeah. Uh, period and to find a, a, a reasonable uh, maiden resource and that that discovery was not far from one of Perseus's operations called Sasingi which was sort of running out of um, reserves so they, they made a bid for the company sort of which was 18 months into our journey I guess yeah. quite quickly and that was so that was quite rewarding and that project isn't I mean we'll get to it but it's not a million miles away from one of one of uh, Taraco's projects right Bundiana. no it was actually through that experience that I became aware of some of the projects Projects that are now yeah. in Taraco and yeah, one of the projects is this Bundiali project. There's a few a few companies have Bundiali Gold projects, but our Bundiali Gold project is almost uh, adjoins the old Exor project. Like mm. It's just, just down the road. And, yeah. Um, there was a company that was the one project, I guess, that within Taraco that it's been some historical drilling, which was yeah. by an unlisted company called Toro Gold. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, and so we're familiar with what Toro was doing a few years ago. At the same time as that, we made the discovery within Exor, so that's how I was familiar with this project. So, yeah, yeah. So I had some experience in the country, and as I said, I found it you know, very easy place to operate. And, yeah. Um, yeah, just just blown away by the opportunity. And can you can you run through the the bios of some of the other board members and, and key management as well? Yeah, so um, John Fitzgerald's our our chairman. Um, so I used to work for John actually when I in finance days at Rothschild Investments. Yeah. So we go back a long way with him, and then he was the chairman of of Exor. Yeah. But he also you know he's a very high profile. Yeah. Um, 
director and, and typically chairman in on its several resource companies, um, you know, the largest of which was Northern Star, which is, I'm not sure, but probably be one of the longest serving mm. directors on, on the board of Northern Star. Yep. Also uh, the chairman of another corporate story time client, Medallion right. Metals. Medallion, yeah. With the Raiders yeah. Thought Gold Project. Yep. Yeah, so he's, um, you know, I think brings a lot of value to the to the board and is a good uh, sort of, um, for some good good guidance. And as I said, I've got a sort of long history working with, with John. Yeah, he's a great guy. Then we've got Alan Campbell, who's a non-executive director. So we talked about, we mentioned Papillon, which is one of the unbelievable discoveries in the last 15 years in West Africa, the Ficola deposit. So Alan was the managing director of Papillon and... and um, you know, I was responsible for that discovery of Ficola, which I'm not sure what the resource is there now, but it's probably 10 million ounces. Wow. It's a massive discovery. Huge. So he's got um, a lot of success in, in gold exploration and, and experience in, in West Africa. Um, and then our other director is Bruce Mowat, who um, is actually runs the exploration, the head of exploration for Resolute or general manager of exploration for Resolute, obviously. Um, very active in, in West Africa. Um, and so he came on the board because Resolute were a big shareholder uh, going back yeah. a few months. This um, might be a good time to actually talk about, you know, how Taraco came to own these assets. Yeah, yeah. So um, after Exor um, success, I guess, um, uh, the CEO of, or the MD of Resolute at the time, he's no longer, but um, at the time, John Wellborn sort of approached me and they had this shareholding in uh, a company called Manus Resources, which mm. wasn't doing a huge amount, but had a small presence in West Africa. And he sort of offered offered the keys to Manus to, to sort of reinvent it, I guess. Um, uh, and then, you know, as, as I said before, we, I was familiar that uh, Toro Gold had this project on the on the Bundiali belt, which had become a subsidiary of Resolute because they bought Toro, which is right. an unlisted company. And so on that approach, I sort of suggested to John, yeah, we'd be interested in bringing the same sort of team into this Manus, but but we we wanted Resolute's portfolio of exploration assets, which they largely inherited when they took over Toro. And they took over Toro for a, an operating mine in Senegal, and, mm. and they sort of got this added benefit of this exploration. State knives. It was the state knives. So, and they weren't doing anything on it. So I guess on his approach, we're familiar with some of the some of the uh, ground that they had. Uh, and so we uh, suggested, yeah, we bring the same XOR team into into Manus, rebrand it, which is now obviously Taraco Gold, but but really on the basis of Resolute vending in all of its ground uh, in Cote d'Ivoire on a very favourable terms for, for shareholders, which included Resolute uh, at the time. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so corporately, uh, Resolute have, have since sort of moved off the register? Yeah, obviously, you know, I mean, it's, I guess, no secret that, you know, that they sort of need the capital yep. to, to um, I guess, invest in particularly their Sayama operation, uh, which has been, you know, somewhat of an underperformer. And, yeah, so as a result, they're reasonably capital constraints. So they've, they offloaded several of their um, non-core investments, uh, you know, a company called Orca, uh, Orca Gold, which now has now been taken over by Perseus. Yes. Yeah. Offload that, and, and around the same time, um, they offloaded their stake in, in Taraco. Yeah. Which, from my perspective, is a positive. I because, think so. Um, yeah. Because that was the, that was the. Um, it was a blocking de- stake. Devil in the deal. I yeah. guess was, um, it was you know their shareholding allowed us to get this great package of ground very cheaply. 
um, because we're going to have value to their shareholding. So that facilitated that. But then the next step was, uh, you know, I don't think so. Any, it's not that great having a corporate on your register because sure. a lot of this is you want to make a discovery and that generates sure. a corporate interest, which is. Um, but it's my understanding Bruce um, has remained enthusiastic about the the projects that Taraco's yeah. got and wants to hang around and. Yeah, so he he was obviously there as their representative originally, but when they sold their stake, you know, he and I chatted and he was keen to stay on. We were keen to have him because he's a great exploration yeah explorationist uh, and knows West Africa very well so yeah he stayed on and um, and you know he, he's a non-exec but he, he really um, adds a lot of value and has a fair bit of input into our exploration programs and gets involved in interpretation of the results excellent yeah so I know it's a bit of a tough day because the um Gold price uh, had a bit of a horror show last night, dropping two point five percent or something. Month, but can you can you run through the uh, the sort of a, a quick corporate snapshot? You know, shares on issue, market cap, cash holdings, and and that sort of thing at the moment, along with key major shareholders as they stand at the moment. Yeah, so we've got um, just over four hundred million shares on issue. Um, yeah, about about uh, four hundred. Twenty-seven million shares on issue. Uh, share price, uh, as you mentioned, is sort of taking a hit over the, not over the last. No, through, month, no, really. through no fault of your own, um, it's just general market. market. So our market cap today would be sitting around just over twenty million dollars. Yep. Um, we're lucky to raise a decent swag of money Christmas time. Raised to ten million dollars, so we're we're well funded. You know, we also had some money at the time. So today, I think our cash position is still over nine million dollars. Yeah. We've been very active over the last um, last couple of months. At one stage, had five rigs drilling, uh, but you know, at the moment, we've got two rigs drilling. Um, so we can we uh, we can manage our yeah our spend yeah um, um, going forward. Great. Okay, cool. Well, so, I mean, Taraco's got four main projects that you're concentrating on at the moment, um, three of them in northern Cote d'Ivoire and one of them in sort of central Cote d'Ivoire, which is the Abernia project. Just sort of concentrating on the the northern um, sort of assets, um, I suppose, you know, Bundiali, as we mentioned earlier, is the is the, the one that you inherited that had probably the most work done on it by Toro. Yeah. Talk us through what's going on at each of these projects and, you know, w- what you've been able to achieve so far um, and and what you're hoping to sort of, you know, get done um, over the course of the next six months or so. Yeah, so as you mentioned, there's four key projects, albeit we've been active on only three of those yeah. key projects, um, two of which are in northern Cote d'Ivoire. So the Bundiali project, which was a project that Toro Gold had done most work on, had made a discovery called Nine Buoy, and that, that discovery sat within a seven-kilometre gold in soil anomaly, a sort of plus 50 PPB gold anomaly. And then within that seven kilometres, there was about about a kilometre of strike of higher tenor soils, which um, Toro had done some shallow, like 50 metre uh, drilling on. Yeah, and this is around 2017, 2018? Yeah, 2016 right. 2017. Yeah. And, you know, it got some pretty spectacular results just in the top 50 metres in the oxide zone, of sort of 20 metres at 10 grams and 30 metres at 8 and 28 at no, four grams yeah. per ton. So, yeah, know, that's pretty eye catching stuff. That's some pretty good grades. But then um, they never took it any further because they, you know, sold, sold the company to Resolute. So they drilled about really six, seven hundred metres of strike there and that remained completely open. So we've been doing some drilling on that 
testing for extensions at depth and we've demonstrated that mineralisation extends into the fresh rock and, you know, that sort of results like nine metres at eight grams in fresh yeah. uh, there. And we've also been stepping out and, and drilling it a long strike and showing that, that that's uh, open. So we just recently had some more diamond results um, from that. So that's a discovery which is essentially at resource definition stage, but we obviously want to grow the, the scale of it before we put a main resource on that. Yep. Um, and then our second, um, and there's some regional targets as well within that project within sort of a 10 kilometre radius. Yeah, yep. But that, that, that sits on the Bundiali belt where we obviously have experience with XOR resources. And yeah, Antoinette's yeah. sort of, yeah, the, the and northern And there's a series Nova. of discoveries along this belt that's been made over the last five, six years by obviously XOR, uh, same with Perseus up in the north and then XOR and then Barrick have a couple of discoveries. Is, is Sayama actually on that belt? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In, in Mali, yeah. Yep, it's eleven and a half million ounce yeah. resource. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty prolific. Build. Yeah, so the view is in Cote d'Ivoire, um, given you've got a deposit like Sayama on the same structures uh, in Mali. That um, you know, exploration on this belt, uh, you know, could yield a similar type of discovery, a scale yeah. of discovery. Um, and and what's been discovered at the moment is well, everyone's who's explored on the belt has made a, a good discovery of sort of million ounce or half a million plus ounce discovery. Wow! So that barracks made a couple. You know, obviously Exor made one, and then uh, we've got this nine buoy one in our project, and then you know further to the south, kind of called Montage Gold. Actually, they've got about a four million ounce. Uh, Discovery called the Coney deposit. The Coney deposit, yeah, right. Yeah, so it's a All right. So, what, so what's happening? What's the work program there at the moment? We just finished a round of drilling. We're sort of entering into the wet season now, um, so we're just going to be doing some um, some auger drilling on some of those regional targets to generate a bit more scale to the project over the yep. wet season, and then resume drilling after the wet season, which right. be uh, November December there. Yeah. Okay. And then our second project in Northern Cote d'Ivoire is the Tonga North project, which is our earlier stage exploration package. But on great geology. Yeah, it looks to be strategically positioned between two pretty big mining operations. Yeah, yeah, you got sort of the Tongan operation, which was one of the first mines developed in, in Cote d'Ivoire. Um, that's Barrick's uh, project, does about 200,000 ounces per annum. Yep. So we've basically got all of the um, greenstone ex- uh, strike extensions from, from uh, Tongan up to the Burkina Faso border and then on the other side. Of the border there, you've got um, what is now Endeavour Golds, uh, what they call the Wanyan operation, yeah. which is a few million ounces as well. That was previously Taranga and before that originally Griffin Minerals. Yeah. Um, so the, we've got 1,500 square kilometres of contiguous exploration ground here. That's yeah. And are are you the first company? All right, so it's, it's only had one drill program one prior time, to your wow. There was one drill program, so there's a lot of soil geochemistry, which to find some really big anomalies, and there'd been a bit of like auger on yeah. that that had uh, to confirm in situ mineralisation, and, and then no further work. Yeah. So we're systematically going through and testing these these targets with auger drilling and then shallow air core drilling, and we've just drilled one of those. Um, Targets which we call Natogo, which is a you know, well, it's a five kilometer anomaly, but that's growing as yeah. we do more work on it along the contact of um, the greenstone and the granite, um, and, and along the same um, structures that are associated with Tongan and the um, several uh, deposits that make up the Wanyanot uh, project in, in Burkina Faso. So, very fertile structures, great soil anomalies. Um, so I'm sure we'll have um, exploration success there and we're just systematically uh, testing yeah, uh, several targets there. 
And at uh, Abernia, which is sort of further to the south in the centre of the country, um, you've got sort of two pretty exciting prospects there that you've worked up basically from scratch. Yeah, so these, um, we call it the, one, uh, the Abernia project, it's made up of two permits, which we call the Buwaki North Permit and Satama Permit, and there's only about 10 kilometres between the two permits, so they're sort of one and the same project. Yeah, but there'd be no work done on these um on both these permits by, by anyone yeah. asked. I mean, the Buaki North was an application that Manus, so the previous name of Taraco, had, had put in and got granted probably 18 months or so ago now. So just being work done by Taraco over sort of geochemistry, you know, just typical exploration in the Brumian, sort of um, stream sediment sampling, geochem, some, some airborne magnetics, um, and that's defined a lot of a lot of anomalies, and and uh, we've been drilling one of those, which we call the Buwaki North Prospect. That's a big, big seven-kilometer um, anomaly. Yeah, I caught I caught a, a, a pretty high-grade hit announced there yeah, so in the last, last week. Last results. I mean, we put out um, yeah several results, but three meters at thirty-five grams per ton. Yeah, just from reconnaissance drilling there. It's not bad. So um, yeah, you, you know, if you had results like that in Western Australia, you'd get a fair bit of traction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the take that every day of the week. Fairly high in, in West Africa. Um, so yeah, so that's. Um, <laughs> That's one project, and then the other permit is the um, Satama permit, which um, which Resolute had done just some white space um, uh, regional geochemistry on that to find this sort of shear zone that had anomalous gold in soils, and so since we've had this ground, um, which is less than twelve months, um, we've been just doing uh, auger air core and some RC drilling on that. We've done quite a bit of drilling on that. We've got a lot of results to come. We've got over 7,000 samples in the lab. That's a lot. Yeah, so we've got So there's of plenty of news flow, you know, in the pipeline. Yeah, that's right, yep. Uh, so, and, that'll, and that'll keep your, you know, keep your, your news flow active over this sort of wet season period. Um, yep. And then, you know, get yeah. all those results through, crank up again when the ground dries out, and, you know, you've, you've got plenty of cash reserves to really execute yeah, and look, plans. the intention is to continue active during the wet season. I mean, we're yeah. already in the wet season. Wet season sort of runs up until October. But we'll, we'll um, plan is to continue drilling activities during the wet season, just not, not on the same scale that we had been doing up until now, but still still drilling. So we've got yeah. a lot of assays to come from the drilling we've done and, and that'll, that will, there'll be a, you know, continuing filling that assay pipeline. Yeah, um, so Satama, uh, you know, we've defined gold now over three kilometres of strike in the in the top top hundred metres depth. So with wide space drilling, so it's now a matter of just infilling That's that, exciting. focusing yeah. on some of the better grade zones. We've just done an IP survey over four and a half kilometres of strike there, including the three Ks that we've drilled, yep. which will allow us to better better uh, target future drilling um, for for some of the higher grade zones. Hopefully, right. Um, so once again, that, that's no doubt that's a discovery, and arguably that's you know that's a resource definition stage. Right, right. You know that's pretty mature for something that you've only been working on for twelve months or so. Yeah, and that's the beauty of you know shows the opportunity in West Africa. I think is you can go from a soil anomaly to a discovery within twelve months, like a big discovery. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, and several other companies have demonstrated that as well over the last few years. And then the fourth project, which you haven't done a lot of work on yet, but but there is a you know quote unquote discovery on it that Toro made is the Ferky. Yeah, so that's um, project. The Ferky project is actually called Ferky Dugu Duso, but um, okay, let's keep the Ferky. Yeah. But so the Ferky project was that which actually look um, within the Toro portfolio. 
was probably the most exciting project, um, but it just had one phase of drilling that Toro did literally in the last few months before Resolute, right. the owner of Toro. And so what's taken you so long to get around to it then? Well, it's on the, it's on the border of uh, Burkina and on the other side of the border of the Burkina, there's, um, in Burkina, there's a, there's a forest area there. Uh-huh. And so obviously it's well publicised, the sort of security issues are going on in, in Burkina over the last couple of years. Um, and so our view is... There's more than enough on your plate with the other stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, but we, we hope to You'll start get work on that um, after the wet season, subject to being comfortable with the security um, position there. But, yeah, there, there was a discovery made by Toro. They drilled 18 holes and they had sort of 50 metres of mineralisation across most of those holes at, at two or three grams per tonne. Yeah, so yeah, right. It was wow. um, pretty pretty spectacular yeah. um, results, I think, at the time. So it's so a predictive discovery. have uh, 11% of... Was that joint venture partner on Bundiali and Fer? Yeah, well, that, they've shown what you can do as a small company in West Africa, haven't they? Yeah, and then when Toro had these drill results back in 2019, I think it was, um, you know, they they had 25 percent of the JV at that point predictive. I think their share price went up a few times, basically, yeah. on these on the minority interests on those results. So it was a pretty exciting discovery that hasn't been followed through. So we hope, you know, we, we hope to go on ground there and start testing our fourth project in. In um, sort of towards the end of the year, right, brilliant. I mean, you can just see so much optionality and leverage um, for a company that's you know, due to no fault of your own is now attracting a market capitalization of twenty or an EV of sort of ten or eleven. I mean, I just think it's it's um, it's a it's a really and I must admit I'm a shareholder myself, so I'm I'm, I'm speaking with a vested interest, but. I really think that there is just a huge amount of upside uh, technically and and from a um, you know a capital appreciation point of view. Yeah, share, share prices have been sold off very light volume. We've got some great shareholders. I mean, you, you sort of asked the question, and we've got a lot of our register, a lot of our top 20 uh, shareholders that have supported the, the team in Exor and before that um, Renaissance in Cambodia. So they're, they're long-term supporters of ours. And then we've got um, like Sprotter on there now. With, they're a 10% shareholder. Uh, obviously, you know, one of the best uh, institutional investors yeah. in North America it's to a, have on your register. It's a really big technical um, tick to have them on, on board, I'd say. Yeah, so share for us uh, over the last month, I mean, it's just the market conditions, yeah. but it's, it's been sold down on, on quite light, light volume, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, mate, that's that's great. I mean, thank you so much for uh, taking the plunge and being our first subject in you know, what we hope will be a, a long and very well-listened-to podcast series. Um, you know, it, this chat's done nothing but sort of reaffirm my enthusiasm um, for Taraco as an investment proposition. Um, all the best with um, all the exploration activities, mate, in Cote d'Ivoire. Um, it's a great country and you've got, you know, some fantastic opportunities there. So thanks to... Yeah, so if yeah, I don't, thanks, do you want to have any parting thanks, comments? Um, mate, thanks for being giving me the first opportunity to be part of the first story time. Podcast. <laughs> it may it may be a um, a, a smallish audience to start with, but we're gonna we're gonna like like the Taraco market capitalization. We're gonna build from a small base and make something really big out of this. Well, I'm thanks sure. for so. the opportunity to be part of it, mate. <laughs> all right, um, thanks to all the listeners who have got this far. Um, you've made history. Uh, please tell your friends about us and subscribe. Uh, for more of the same from the Corporate Storytime podcast. Thank you.